Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Walking along. And John 14. The disciples said, Hey, Jesus, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. We'll, that'll satisfy us. And Jesus looks at him and says, Have I been with you so long? You don't know who I am? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Now, Jesus isn't saying there he is the Father, but he's saying he's in the express image of of his Father in heaven. Jesus said, I don't do anything I don't see my Father in heaven doing. Why is that important? Because of this reason. From the beginning, when man fell in the garden, man wanted to reach back out and touch God. We lost contact with God. We don't know who he was. You you don't think people still wonder who God is? Look at the pagan religions in their grotesque pictures of who God is. Have you ever seen, as you look in the Middle East, you, you see these pictures of their, of their gods and what, the way they look? And I mean, I mean, who they worship, what they think about. You look at the Buddhas as an example. And by the way, if any of you would like a little extra, extra homework here, check out Buddha's head. You see those little curls? You go, oh, he's got nice curls. They're not curls. They're snails. He fell asleep in the sun, and the snails all crawled up on his head and covered him from the sun. I'll tell you something. I've been around snails. Anybody that takes a nap that long isn't very active. No wonder he was overweight. Now, I'm just saying that as you look at these things, you realize there's something that has gone wrong. The idea of who God is. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is God? The world is 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 in in a groping state to try to find out. Why do you think they're going to so readily accept the Antichrist when he comes on the world scene that can solve the world's issues? The Bible says the world becomes ripe for an answer that will reach out and scratch the itch of those who believe they want to know. But you see, the problem is they want a God in their likeness, not a God according to who the Bible says he is. So, as we look at this, now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem, and they came to John, and they asked him, Who are you? Who are you? No, okay. Who are you? They didn't know him. As a matter of fact, if you go to Matthew 17, 12, they didn't know who he was. Now, that's pretty weird, Considering Zechariah was a priest in the temple, and this boy, John, was supernaturally in Elizabeth, his mother, by the Holy Spirit. She was too old to have kids. And this John was Jesus' cousin. So what's amazing here is some people are just willfully ignorant. Who is this? Who, who, where did you come from? And he confessed. 
And he did not deny, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said, no. And they said to him, who are you? Sorry. And that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And this is what John said. The voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. This is out of Isaiah chapter 40. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ? nor Elijah, nor the prophet. Where do you get your authority to do these things? Now, this is what's really weird, friends. John the Baptist, he had a message of baptism. Why was he baptizing Jews? You see, here's the problem. In order to become a Jew or to embrace Yahweh in the Old Testament, first, you would renounce your pagan deities. Worshipping the Astros and the Baals and all of all the, the fake gods. You would renounce that. You would embrace Yahweh as your God, and then you would take what's called a ceremonial washing. Now, not that it can make you permanently clean, but it was that to separate you from the worship of the pagan deities. What made John the Baptist's ministry so unusual, he came to the Jewish nation saying, you Jews, you need to take a ceremonial washing. John had recognized that the heart of the people had gone so cold that they were acting as if they had never known who God was. And so he comes to the Jewish nation saying, you need to take a ceremonial washing. Now, again, I look at this, and I'm pretty amazed because they ask him, why are you baptizing? He was calling the nation of Israel into repentance, getting the road ready for the Messiah, as we just read in the previous verse. John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. By the way, that was the lowest level of servanthood in a home. It was customarily fashionable to wash the feet of someone who would come into your home. And by the way, if you've ever been in places where a lot of people go barefooted, if you've been in Southern California or down along the Colorado River, A lot of people go barefooted. Their feet become black from just walking on the dirt. The sweat and the dust sticks to it. And they get pretty crusty looking. So it was customary that you would wash your guest's feet. Now, you wouldn't do that. Usually, if you had a servant, you would have a servant do that. And then strap the sandals, take their feet off, and wash them. There was a couple reasons. First of all, it was very refreshing for your guests. The second thing it did is it kept wherever their feet had been and the crustaceans from falling into your house. And so the servants are who did that. John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to unstrap Jesus' sandals. 
It is he who comes after me. Verse 28, these things were done in Bathabah beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. Now what's really amazing here as we go to verse 29, you have an actual close-up of Jesus' day planner. A lot of people don't realize this. They just read it all as one book, and they don't realize what's going on. But notice what it says in verse 29. The next day. I think that's really important. You want to know what it was like, like a day and a night in the life of Christ, or in the disciples, or John the Baptist, or those who were around him. This gives you an idea of what was going on. The next day, and by the way, we don't want to lose track of this, because as we go to verse 35, notice what it says, again, the next day. So you have three consecutive days in a row here of what was going on in the life of John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, and those from the Sanhedrin that had sent their spies to find out who John was, only to find out that they were going to meet the real Christ. And so it says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was an astounding statement, especially in the presence of those that were listening. Because only the blood of bulls and goats took away the sins of the people. It was never an individual. So John supernaturally had this revealed to him who Jesus Christ was. Friends, again, God will supernaturally reveal things to you because you belong to him. Sometimes you may be in a restaurant. Sometimes you might be walking down the street and God will speak to you concerning an individual. Don't miss that opportunity. Now, some of us don't stop at any time. We need to pray and say, okay, Lord, I want you to open my eyes to the needs around me. You'll be amazed. I used to go witnessing in Las Vegas. And when when I'd go, there's I, I don't know how anybody's been on the streets in Las Vegas late at night, but we'd get together, a few of our friends that were witnessing, and we'd say, okay, Lord, you lead us to who needs you. Now, how in the world would I ever find, how would you ever find in a crowd of probably 100,000 people walking the streets, someone who needed Jesus? It's amazing. We pray, and then we start walking. And it was like a giant neon hand, fist, with a finger. Bing, 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 this one. And all of a sudden, the best way I can say it is that everything faded to gray except this one individual sitting on the bench with his face in his hands. And all of a sudden, it was the only person there. And I remember walking up and sitting down alongside him and said, I said, hey, what's going on? He goes, everything's terrible. And I said, really? And, you know, I didn't have to, you know, get out my Bible and beat him over the head or, you know, get a, here, here's a track called Four Spiritual Laws. Read this and you'll see how really messed up you are. I didn't do any of that. All I did is sit down as a friend. And I sat down alongside him and I said, what is going on with you? And he began to just share with me. And I said, would you like to pray and receive Christ as your Savior? And he said, yes, I would. He prayed right there. It's amazing. God had already done the work. 
God does that. But the problem is when we don't tune our eyes in to see or be allowed by some other prejudice in our mind, the uh, that frequency of the Holy Spirit that brings in supernatural revelation from God. You're not just saved because you have eternal life. You're saved as a receptor for God's voice that he would use you in a world that doesn't know him. People have said to me, why is it that God did so many miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament and God doesn't do miracles? anymore. Well, friends, it's because most of us don't live close enough to the edge to need a miracle. But I have found when you tune your frequency into God's channel, you can hear his voice. You know, you can be off channel and not hear it. I remember a friend of mine, he was backing up a train. He had big gloves on. It was in the winter. And he was backing up a train. And he reached up to the radio because there was a lot of chatter going on. Well, they, you know, they were talking. And he reached up and he just, he just turned the squelch up a little bit, but his glove hit the volume control and turned it down. And so he's backing the train up. And he's going, you know, I've sure been backing this up for a long time and I haven't heard anybody tell me to stop. And he looked up at the radio and saw the volume control. The little pointer on the knob was pointed down. He turned it up and he said, all I heard was screaming and profanity and screaming for me to stop. What had happened is he didn't know to stop. He wasn't listening. And because he wasn't listening, he was wiping out everything, starting with the caboose all the way back. You see, when we're not tuned in, we miss what God is saying. That's why the Bible says to be instant in season and out of season. We miss the blessings. God. Well, Mike, you don't understand. I'm too busy playing in the devil's sandbox to do what God wants me to do. Yeah, that happens. People do that. Who's the loser? We are. Because we don't live up to our full potential. There are religions today and even in the Christian world that says, well, you need to live up to your full potential and just visualize what you want and you get it. Blab it and grab it. It's all mine. What's wrong with that? Well, unfortunately, they never tell you what to do with it once you get it. Because you go, wow, this doesn't fit my life at all. What do I do with this? But the point is, is that you don't need that. We need to be about our dad's business. And hear our father's voice. John, when Jesus was walking towards him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God supernaturally revealed that to him. God will do that to you. Walk in his spirit. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, you get in the middle of your living room. Focus on the third eye in the middle of your forehead. No, it's not something clear, so we'll fix it. No, I'm sorry. You understand to be led by the Spirit of God is simply just saying, Lord, show me what you want me to do. Let me hear your voice. You know, when you read God's Word, you become familiar with His voice. That's why experience is what makes the difference. You know, people say, well, how do you know, Mike, if, if the voice you hear is from God or from yourself or, you know, from the devil? 
You know, I heard this voice saying, you know, go over and steal those apples. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I didn't think it was probably God telling me, no, God wouldn't tell you to do that. First thing you always want to remember, God will never tell you to do something contrary to his word. So you always can rest in that. The second thing is, what God does tell you will be confirmed by his word because you've heard his voice in his word. And the last part is that when it comes to our own ideas, we bounce, the Bible says, every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Do you realize that we are spiritual receptors? You you know that? You, You can hear things from the underworld. You don't believe that? Turn on TV when they catch these serial killers. And they're walking in, and they got them in handcuffs and chains. And, you know, he'll look at you saying, I only did the things I heard the voices in my wife's head say. No, I mean, they. <laughs> I only did what I heard the voices in my head say. Dangerous stuff. We all get thoughts. Don't think you're not. You can be sitting in church and listening to the Word of God, and all of a sudden you're thinking, I wonder what it'd be like to, to, to take that person across the aisle over there out on a date. And, and, and you know, what in the world is that? You might be sitting there right in the middle of John chapter 1, and all of a sudden, you know what? That's a nice wave in Hawaii, and I'm surfing it right now. Yeah, we... we Our minds are powerful things. We drift all over the place. God centers us and says, come back. Bring every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Well, I really feel like going out and getting loaded. You know, I feel like going out with my friends and firing up, you know. Every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Don't act upon impulse. You know, Paul writes to the church at Corinth. It's an interesting word. He said, you are yet carnal in your beliefs. Now he's writing Christians saying they are carnal. We think, well, what is carnal? Is that like a, what you go to the county fair and get an apple dipped in? No, not carnal. He said, you're yet carnal. The word in the Greek means animalistic. What do animals do? Whatever they want. Is that always the best thing? No. Are you an animal? No. You are a person designed in the image of God. We bring every thought captive to the mind of Christ. Then we don't act upon the things that we're doing of destructive behavior. But rather we can receive from God. We turn our volume control back up again. We can hear God's voice. Stop the train. Stop the train. You're going the wrong way. And when we don't do that... We find ourselves in a place of destruction. John came baptizing, and we'll close with this today, baptizing with water. But water only can cleanse the outside. It's only the, it's only the blood of Jesus that can cleanse us on the inside. When we get up to John chapter 3, we'll talk more about this because the Bible talks about that Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. Baptism doesn't save us, for it's only the blood of Jesus on the cross that saves us. It is an act of obedience that we follow and we should follow, but that doesn't make me not saved if I'm not baptized. 
Certainly the thief on the cross was not baptized when Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But when we understand how important it is to be about our daddy's business, but we won't be about daddy's business if we don't hear his voice. So Jesus came to reveal to us the Father. Who the Father is. What does the Father want from you and me? Now this is where it gets exciting, we as Christians. Do you realize God's got a brand new wrapped present for you every day? And God says, if you'll ask me, I'll help you unwrap it. Okay. And we pray, okay, Lord, open my eyes, tune my heart in, just as you did with John Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You know, Jesus didn't have a name tag on. Hi, I'm God's son. Came to take away the sins of the world. John's walking up and says, Oh yeah, I see that. Behold the Lamb of God that uh, takes away the sins of the world. No. Supernaturally revealed. God's got things he wants to reveal to you and me. If we'll let him do that. If you're not a Christian... You can't hear God's voice. The God of this world, the Bible says, has blinded your eyes, plugged up your ears, and you're not hearing the message, the purpose that God has for you. This morning, if you need to get right with God, we're going to pray. You could ask Christ into your life. He'll change you because he loves you. Again, it isn't just God's truth. It's God's grace that he gives us. Again, Grace is God being good to you, though we don't deserve it. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Oh, we deserve a lot of stuff. But God's merciful. But we're not talking even about mercy. We're talking about God just being good to you. Hey, I want to tune your heart in to my channel so you'll be about my business. Isn't that great? If you need to be forgiven this morning, we're going to pray. And you can ask God to forgive you. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to come into my life today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Forgive me of my past. Let me start each day with you new. And let me hear your voice. So I'll do what you want me to do. Thank you for writing my name in your book of life. And filling me with your Holy Spirit. So I can be about your purposes in this life in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.